Hey, everybody. Good afternoon. Good morning. Whatever the hell it is to you. Um, this is Nick the American. I'm your host, Nick the American, trying to bring people together, right? Um, before we jump into everything, um, I'm just curious, does anybody watch Oak Island? It's this super cool treasure hunt in Nova Scotia on the east coast of Canada. It's fascinating to me. I love treasure. I was a little guy in the basement watching TV with my father. Geraldo Rivera is trying to break into Al Capone's tomb. They find jack shit. I've been sucked in ever since, whether it be Egyptian treasure in the Valley of the Kings, if it's Titanic treasure, it doesn't matter. I love treasure. My kids make fun of me every Tuesday night when Oak Island's on. Did they find anything, Dad? No, not yet. I want to be vindicated, Oak Island. I want you to find something. I've been watching for like five plus years. They're getting close to finding something. But whether they find treasure or not, it's an archaeological dig. We are learning things about what happened on that island the last five, six hundred years. And it's incredible. Somebody was there doing something. I'm telling you, watch it. This, I hope, is not Al Capone's vault. But it probably fucking is. So, anyways. All right, late. Last episode, we talked about the Republican primary, Trump, DeSantis, all the different candidates. We're going to touch on the Democratic primary here. There's just one problem. There is no Democratic primary until Joe Biden decides I'm running or Joe Biden decides I'm not running. If you put a gun to my head, he's 75% running, 25% not running. For the record, I think Joe's probably listening. So, Joe, if you're listening, please do not run for re-election. <gasps> Joe Biden, please do not run for re-election. Why don't I want Joe Biden to run for re-election? Because he's 80 fucking years old, okay? It's as simple as that. Joe is past his prime. To use a boxing term, he's a shot fighter. If Joe's our president, we're going to watch him trip up Air Force One like six more times before the end of his term. We're going to see him confuse his granddaughter for his wife. It's just not a great look. Do I think he's a horrible president? No, I think he has really good people around him and he has a ton of experience. Is he the guy that I want leading my party? No, he's not. Let's be clear. Joe Biden is actually a really good person. And I think a lot of that gets lost left or right. He's a good person. Don't take my word for it. Don't take a right-wing commentator's word for it, whether he's good or bad. Take Lindsey Graham's word for it. Lindsey Graham is as Republican as you get. He's from South Carolina. He's a senator from South Carolina. And you can watch him on video. He's said this multiple times. Joe Biden is the greatest human being that God ever put on the earth. I didn't say it. Lindsey fucking Graham said it. And if Lindsey Graham says that about a Democrat, he must be a pretty good dude. Imagine that for a second. If someone said about you, there's God hadn't put a, a better human on, on the face of the earth. If someone said that about you, how good of a person would you have to be? So Joe is a high quality human being. 
And I think in 2016, basically our, our, our choice wasn't, wasn't great. We had Trump, excuse me, 2020. We had Trump and we had Biden. We had a human versus a non-human. What do I mean by that? Just pretend someone that you really, really cared about passed away and you were at the funeral and Joe Biden and Donald Trump are at the funeral. Biden is going to come up to you and hug you and squeeze your, your shoulder. He's going to tell you that tough times don't last. Tough people do. He's going to show real empathy. He's going to tell you he's been there before. I don't know how many people know this, but Joe Biden uh, was married uh, when he was a, a young senator. He lost his wife and two kids in a tragic car accident. Joe Biden is going to empathize with you, right? He's going to be there for you. He's going to get up and, and give a speech. He's probably going to trip on the way up. He's probably going to muffle his words. But the point, the gist of it is he cares, right? He's human. He's empathetic. Trump is going to get up there and tell you, he's at a funeral, by the way. He's going to fucking tell you that the election was stolen. He's going to talk about the fake news media. He's going to get all confused up there. And it's all going to be about him. So when I say 2020 was a race with a human and a non-human, it was someone in like Joe Biden that we have so much in common with, no matter what side of the aisle you're on. And then someone like Trump, who you just cannot relate to. You can't relate to. So if, let's just say, hypothetically, Joe Biden does not decide to run, who are the leading Democratic candidates for president? Who are they? There's a laundry list, and we don't need to regurgitate a lot of the names, the Elizabeth Warrens, the Amy Klobuchars, uh, maybe even, uh, you know, the Pete Buttigieg's. Um, Even though I like Mayor Pete, I think he's a savant. I actually would like to see him run. Um, I think he adds uh, credibility to the party. Um, so Pete Buttigieg is someone to keep, keep a lookout for. He's from the state of Indiana. I don't think he carries Indiana. And so he's not a value add in that way. But let's focus in on three or four people. Um, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, the California liberal. Gavin has wanted to be president his entire life. Okay. No doubt about it. He's extremely sharp. The problem is he is a California liberal. And he has got to figure out how do I transition from being a California liberal, right, to a national candidate. He's got, you know, the same challenge in front of him that Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, has. How do I transition from being governor of Florida, a right wing governor of Florida, to a national candidate where I can pick up some of the moderate Democrats, some of the independents? Gavin Newsom has the same challenge. One of the things that would be interesting if Gavin Newsom were to run, were to become the nominee, who is his ex-wife? Kimberly Guilfoyle. Who is Kimberly Guilfoyle engaged to? Donald Trump Jr. Can you imagine a Newsom versus Trump matchup? Trump would be out on the campaign trail telling all of his supporters, all of his MAGA, how much harder Don Jr. fucks your way harder and way longer, Gavin, let's face it, way harder and way longer, very long, very hard. It would be an absolute shit show. 
but it would be entertaining. So Gavin's someone to keep an eye out for. The guy has had presidential aspirations forever. A guy I like who no one really is talking about is the governor of North Carolina, Roy Cooper. What's interesting about Roy is he's a two-time elected governor of North Carolina. And just like I talked about with Glenn Youngkin in the state of Virginia, if you could tell me Roy Cooper's the nominee and the Democrats carry North Carolina, if you tell me they're carrying North Carolina, I'm telling you Roy Cooper's your president. So he's very appealing. He's got an even hand. I, I need to hear more from him. It's one thing to be, uh, to be a, a representative of a state. When you transition to a national candidate, it's a whole other ball of wax. So it's going to be very difficult, but not impossible. I'm interested in Roy Cooper. Roy, stand up. If Biden decides not to run, I want your ass in the race. A newcomer, maybe, that no one's talked about, kind of from the Obama mold, is newly elected governor of the state of Maryland, Wes Moore. He's an African-American. He's young. He's bright. Is it too soon for Wes Moore? I know they said the same thing about Obama. Um, oh, it's not your turn yet. It's Hillary Clinton's turn. You're just young. Uh, get a little bit more experience, and then we'll run again. And I remember Michelle Obama saying, fuck that. This is a one-time shot. We either get this done or we don't. We're not going to spend our lives running for the presidency. So I'm not sure what Wes Moore is thinking, what his family's thinking. He looks to be one of those guys that could catch fire, a la Obama. We'll see. We'll see. But who do I want? to run for president from my party if Joe Biden doesn't run. And again, I don't want Joe Biden to run. I don't want him to run. Who is it? None other than John Stewart. Please, John, run for president. You've got all the tools in the tool bag. John Stewart is the type of candidate that if you're the head of the DNC, I think you dream of. He would capture the Democratic Party, right? You need excitement, usually, to win a presidential election. 2020 was the outlier. Um, I don't think either side was excited about their candidate. And if Trump's the nominee, the Republicans are not going to be overjoyed with Trump for, you know, Trump 3.0. If John Stewart is the nominee, you're going to pick up independents. You're going to pick up moderate Republicans. You're going to get the entirety of the Democratic base. You want to ban drag show readings to children? To my why? House, yes. Why? 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 What are you protecting? Why can we prohibit children from voting, those under 18 from voting? Why are you banning? That? Is, is that free speech? Are you infringing on that performer's free speech? They can continue to exercise their free speech, just not in front of a child. Why? Because the government does have a responsibility to protect. I'm sorry? The government does have a responsibility uh -huh. in certain instances to What's protect children. What's the leading cause of death amongst children in this country? And I'm going to give you a hint. It's not drag show readings to children. Correct, yes. So what is it? I'm presuming you're going to say it's firearms. No, I'm not going to say it like it's an opinion. That's what it is. It's firearms. More than cancer, 
more than car accidents. And what you're telling me is you don't mind infringing free speech to protect children from this amorphous thing that you think of. But when it comes to children that have died, you don't give a flying fuck. John Stewart, please fucking run for president. Your country needs you. Your country absolutely needs you. So there's kind of I'm not going to spend a bunch of time talking about the 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 one to two the three to four percenters that could run for president of the Democratic Party. Give me Cooper. Give me Buttigieg. Give me Newsom. Give me Westmore. And then let's select John Stewart. I promise you, if John Stewart is your nominee and Trump is the nominee. Ronan McDaniel, the head of the RNC, they'll come up with a way. There will be no debates. There will not be debates. Can you imagine John Stewart debating Donald Trump? Talk about a disaster for the Republican Party. A complete fucking disaster. Who the hell wants to debate John Stewart? Not me. And I guarantee you, not Donald Trump. I own, I think I mentioned last episode, I own my own company. I own um, a pool and spa manufacturing company. I manufacture chemicals for the pool and spa industry, okay? I sell to dealers, mom and pop dealers, Joe's Pool Supply, Louie's Pool Supply, Tom's Pool Service. I sell to pool and spa dealers and service pros all over the country. And it took me a long time to figure out what kind of business I wanted. Um, and it took me a long time just to garner the experience to, to be able to try to even accomplish it. I was 26 years old. I went and worked for a company called Halo Source in Seattle, Washington, Bothell, Washington, actually. We were a venture-capped company, um, like over $100 million pumped into us. We were going to change the world with drinking water, we had an environmental water segment uh, portion of the business. We also had recreational water, hence pool and spa. That's where I learned pool and spa chemicals. That's where I began to develop my relationships with people all across the country. I was fortunate enough to be able to travel West Coast, East Coast, South, Southeast, Midwest, you name it. I was able to go see pool and spa dealers in 40, 45 states. It was crazy. It was a lot of fun. These relationships are one of the reasons why I talk about bringing the country together and changing the tone because I'm in an industry, I'm a liberal Democrat who owns my own business in an industry that's dominated by conservatives. Do you think I have a problem working with them? Hell no. Do you think they have a problem working with me? Hell no. It's too bad Congress couldn't fu function like that, right? So I worked at Halo Source for seven years. We went public in 2011. We had this giant party at the Space Needle. What a fucking joke. It should have been a funeral. Be careful what you wish for when you become public. All of a sudden, you better hit your targets we didn't do anything as a company. Um, we went public in 2011. They fired me six months later. They gutted the executive team because we didn't hit our numbers. It was an absolute disaster. 
But I was moonlighting my last six or seven months at Halo Source. What was I doing? I was trying to start my own business. Not in the pool and spa business. I didn't want to work in pool and spa. I was starting a company called Baby Shower for Guys with a tagline, getting your wife pregnant just got even more rewarding. I was trying to create a holiday for guys, right? Um, and I caught a lot of flack for it. Um, but I spent over a year of my life trying to get funding, trying to go up in front of the Alliance of Angels and Karatsu forums. These are shark tanks in Seattle. Going to all sorts of meetings, trying to meet with investors to pitch them my idea for a brand new holiday for guys. Women have a, a baby shower, but parenting is a 50-50 responsibility, I, I, I thought. And, and it is. And me and my wife are 50-50. This isn't the wonder years where it's 90-10. Come home and you know put the dinner on the table, honey. Those times are gone. So it was a 50-50 shared responsibility. And I thought when you had a baby, maybe... The female didn't deserve, uh, didn't ju just deserve, because she certainly does, a baby shower. Maybe the guy does too. And maybe it takes on a different form. Maybe your mother-in-law buys you a Big Bertha driver because you're about to become a dad or a bottle of whiskey. I was trying to create a new holiday for guys. And I believed it was going to work. Uh, you're probably listening to me now going, what the fuck? You literally spent a year of your over a year of your life trying to start this company. I didn't cash a paycheck for over a year. Depleted my family's savings. I have three kids, and I didn't go back to work for the man. I couldn't have done it without a supportive wife. She probably was thinking, "Oh God, Nick, you were the dumbest fuck." But I've just got to hold my nose. And I've got to support you. And support me, she did. All I did was fail. Fail, fail, fail. And my wife, Kimberly, continued to support, support, support. So I love you, babe. Thank you for that. It failed miserably. Okay? It went down to the dumps. And I was devastated. I was getting my resume ready because I had to go back and work for the man, which was, was just... Not even an option, not even on my radar um, when I started Baby Shower for Guys. It was crushing. Literally, I'm out of money. I've got three kids and a family to support. I've got, like I said, an incredibly supportive wife. And I'm out of money. And I put together this business plan. And in a matter of a week, I have three different groups, three different unique groups willing to fund my idea of taking specialty pool and spa chemicals direct to Joe's Pool Supply instead of working with a distributor. Three different groups. Well, after some due diligence, I chose one of the groups and my dream had started. I was literally bottling chemical half the day, on the phone, calling up different pool stores across the country seeing if they would give me a shot. Well, that was 11 years ago. And today, I don't have the biggest business in the world. I have a wonderful small business, which was quite contrary 
to what I wanted to build when I was doing baby shower for guys. I thought baby shower for guys, God, create a new holiday. This is going to blow up and it's going to go viral. What a fucking idiot I was. Um, but with spec cam, someone told me a long time ago, you know, Nick, I know you want to build a $500 million company. I know you want to build the next $2 billion company, but you know, what's really cool building a, a $1 million company. That's really cool. And so I thought about that and in the twilight of baby shower for guys, I thought about how do I build a $1 million company? And that's what I've done with my pool and spa business. And so I get to travel around the country, meet incredible people, many of whom are conservatives, and I get to sell them pool and spa chemicals direct. They get to buy from me direct. They get to save some money. It's a win. I can't imagine going back into the workforce and working for somebody else. So it's, it's one of these things where you're in your 20s and you've got all this, this you know, shit and vinegar, you know, this, all this fire in you, but you don't know enough. Your 30s, you're dangerous because you know a bunch of stuff. You've got the experience and you've still got that fire burning in you to start your own business. And I know almost everybody has thought about starting their own business, right? By the time you're in your 40s, you've got the knowledge, but that fire seems to be dimly lit, at least for me. Uh, I think that's that, that, that goes for a lot of people. So your 30s are really the time you got to get it done. Um, there's a reason why 90% of small businesses fail, and I will be the first to tell you I would not want to try to redo SpecCam. I look back... Uh, on my journey the last 10, 12 years. And I don't know if I could do it again. That's how damn difficult it was. But for you out there, you entrepreneur, like I was, I was a entrepreneur when I was doing baby shower for guys, keep pushing, have an amazing wife who supports the hell out of you. Uh, don't give up. And maybe something will drop in your lap like spec chem directed for me. Being a business owner is the coolest thing I, I've ever done in my life. Um, besides have four kids and get married to a wonderful wife, yada, yada, yada. It's just an incredibly cool thing. And I can't imagine ever going back. Go do it. Go do it. Entrepreneurs become an entrepreneur. All right. What's up? Chicken, chicken, super whopper, whopper, double, double, chicken, BK, have it your way. We had Burger King a couple of weeks ago, and I was reminded why the fuck nobody eats at Burger King. We got to break down Burger King just a little bit here. Does anybody remember, I don't know, this is probably 10, 12 years ago, Domino's came out with a bunch of commercials, a complete rebranding effort. They, and basically what they said was, hey, public, we know our food is fucking sucked. We know it's absolutely awful and we're changing it. Give us another try. We're revamping our pizza. We've got more offerings on our menu. Give us another try. 
I wish they would have brought back the Noid, um, who was a Hall of Fame type of uh, a food mascot, by the way. But Domino's was truthful. They said our food fucking sucks, and it did, and they changed it. And now all we order is Domino's. Everybody fucking orders Domino's. If you're over at a kid's party, it's Domino's. The, the rebranding, it worked. Now, look at Burger King. You walk into a Burger King and you order a combo meal and you're like Michael Douglas from the movie Falling Down. You open up your combo meal and then you look up at the picture of what you were supposed to get and you want to stand up and just fucking like spike that burger like a fucking football. This is bullshit. This is not what I ordered. Burger King needs to go through a rebranding too. Not with their marketing. My kids are walking around singing that BK, have it your way all the time. Hell, I remember the 80s. Does anybody remember Herb? I'm not kidding. Burger King used to have a promotion where there was this dude named Herb going around to like all 50 states. And if you spotted Herb, this little nerdy guy in a Burger King, you'd get like $10,000. I'm not sure what you got, but you got like thousands of dollars. The Burger King King, he's incredibly creepy. He's beautifully creepy. Keep the king. But Burger King, you got to rebrand your food. Hey, stick with the Whopper. It's got to be fresh. But everything else, throw it out the fucking door, right? Come up with a whole new product line. It's, it's hamburgers. You don't need a whole new product line. You just need to improve your food. Because when you open up your meal at Burger King, you are reminded why you don't eat at fucking Burger King. At least with McDonald's, the beauty of McDonald's is what you see is what you get. Burger King, it's literally the exact fucking opposite. So, hey, Burger King, you got I like your marketing campaign. Now improve your fucking food, please. And maybe we'll go there once in a while. All right. Hey, this past weekend, um, I was with a bunch of buddies. What were we doing? We were at the casino gambling on NCAA basketball. And it was as, as fun a time as I've had in a long time. And we weren't in Las Vegas spending thousands of dollars. We were just at a local casino. The fact that we can bet on NCAA basketball is absolutely awesome. And by the way, any excuse to get with your friends, get with your girlfriends, get with your dudes, whatever it is, do it. It was so much fun catching up with my buddies. We had bets on first half unders, second half overs. Um, We had hedged our bets like, you know, 40 different times, I felt like we can't win and we can't lose. We had so many different bets. We were cashing some and throwing some tickets away. But it was an absolutely amazing time, and it it got me excited. I was thinking about this. So the NCAA tournament is the coolest tournament that we have in the country, right? It's done perfectly. 64 teams, 68 teams, whatever it is. And it's one and done, and you play a tournament. College football, the last ever since I've been little, has done things the wrong way. 
it's gotten a lot better with the four-team playoff. At least we have four teams that vie for the national title, and we always get the right four teams. Um, but before that, it was who's number one in the ape in the Associated Press poll? Who's number one in the coaches poll? Oh, we'll give them a split national championship because they don't match up. It was total bullshit. We need a tournament like the World Cup. We need an NCAA basketball tournament in football. And the exciting thing is, this is the last year of the four-team playoff. We're going to get a 12-team playoff in 2024. And as I'm making all these bets and, and watching all these people at the casino, males and females, placing tons of bets on NCAA basketball, I thought about how good college football is right now. And it's it's good. It's good. How great college football is going to be when you have 12 teams. Think about a 12-team playoff with three weeks to go in the college football season. How many fan bases around the country are going to have a shot to get into that 12-team playoff? Is there going to be 25 teams? Is there going to be 30 fan bases that say, if things fall right and we win out, are we number 11? Are we number eight? Are we, are we going to get in there? It's going to electrify college football. And I hope, I hope, I'm up here in the West and I'm super jealous of how the Southeastern Conference and their fan base loves college football. It is life and death. And you know we can talk about the reasons for that um, all we want. We don't have that same love on the West Coast for college football. I'm hoping a 12-team playoff that really will include 20, 30 teams coming down the stretch will do that. Plus, when you're at the casino, what is going to be better than putting a three-game parlay on a true college football tournament. What is more American than a 12-team college football playoff? I know there's nothing more American than a 64-team playoff in college football. College football is about to go from good to great. That's what we need. I think I've yacked enough for today. Hey, we'll have another show next week. And remember, I didn't touch on too much politics But whether you're a conservative or you're a liberal, do me a favor. If you're talking politics, don't take yourself so seriously, right? You don't know nearly as much as you think. I don't know shit, right? And neither do you when it comes down to it. Don't get so fired up. Be a little bit more peaceful. Love each other. Take a liberal out to lunch. Hey, liberals, take a conservative out to lunch. Until the next time. Be good. I'll talk to you later. Bye.